Hello, welcome to Inspect, a show about design and development. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to get into development. Uh, so if you're thinking about maybe a career change or a little side hobby, uh, but we're going to try and focus on how you can get into this for pretty much free or as little cost as possible. So we're going to be covering uh, some of the hardware, some of the software, uh, some of the tools and some of the services that you might require. And um, there's plenty of paid options out there. Uh, but there's also plenty of free options to get you started. So getting into web development, pretty much a low barrier to entry, really. Um, anyone can really do it. Uh, it doesn't really take much. So, yeah, let's kick it off. Um, yeah. First thing, of course, you're going to need some sort of computer to write your code on. Now, I mean, your computer doesn't need to be anything uh, new or expensive. It can be pretty much anything. Uh, chances are you've already got one. Um, whether you're on Windows, whether you're on Mac, it doesn't really make a difference to anything at, when, while you're getting started because um, mm. all you need is a place where you can write some text. Yeah. So, I don't know, do you think that there's a minimum spec that you might need for a computer these days? I don't think so. Um, I think everything that's out there is... Um, fairly usable even your low spec machines like you said you just need a text editor to write some code and that's it really you don't need anything like you know amazing like a an i7 or an i9 supercomputer or a gaming machine to do this kind of stuff it is really really simple stuff um so basic laptop you know probably cost you know minimum you get a cheap uh, laptop about 100 100 quid 150 quid if that if you get a second hand or maybe even cheaper um, if you want to go really budget, um, um, yeah, um, there literally is no kind of like specification for these machines to to write code. It's it can be bog standard. Yeah, the only thing that may be worth considering is that if your if your computer is still on an old operating system, like maybe an old version, a very old version of Windows, for example, um, you may not have the ability to upgrade to the latest uh, web browsers. So, but I think anything that's purchased or any computer that was built or purchased in the last five to eight years should be more than sufficient. Um, anything older than that, you may need to upgrade it a little bit, but it's still, it's not a complete barrier to entry. So you can still get started as long as you've got access to something. Yeah, I, I booted up my old i5 computer. I've had that for about um, six, seven years now. And I just... Gave it a bit of a clean up, upgraded uh, to Windows 10 on there because I'm selling the thing. And, you know, on, on eBay, the recommended value for that machine is about 100 quid. Mm -hmm. And some of them are going for about 70 quid as well. So, and it's really, really bog standard. But like you said, the Windows 10 had to be um, installed on there. And then I think they phased out some of the older browsers as well. I think up to IE10 or something. I can't remember now. It's all Edge now. So that's uh, that's a big upgrade that's uh, taking place on the window machines now. Yeah, exactly. Keep and then if you've, got a, if you've got a Mac, um, mm. as long as you're running probably the last uh, five or six versions of Mac OS, um, you should have the latest version of all the browsers. I don't know how far the support for the latest Safari goes, but I'm sure it's, um, I'm sure it goes back at least for five or six versions of, of the operating system. So that shouldn't be yeah, a problem. Easily. If you've got a computer, you're ready to go. Um, yeah. Next thing you need is a bit of software. Uh, you're obviously going to need a web browser because you are building websites, so you need to test them. Um, all the web browsers, 
pretty much all free. There are a few paid ones, but obviously you don't need to worry about those. Uh, you need to make sure that you've got a copy of um, Internet Explorer if you're on Windows, a copy of Safari if you're on a Mac, and you need a copy of um, Chrome and Firefox, uh, no matter which platform you're on, at the bare minimum, really. Um, there are a few other browsers which have um, you know small user bases, but I wouldn't worry about those too much to get started. Get yourself a copy of Chrome or Firefox, and you're good to go, really. That sounds good. Yeah, and then uh, to write your code, you're going to need some sort of text editor. So this um, this is not a word processor. It's not Microsoft Word. It's not yeah. Pages, um, Apple mm-hmm. Pages. It's uh, it's an application which lets you write just plain text. Um, on a Windows machine, it comes preloaded as a um, notepad. And on a Mac, you've got TextEdit, which are the default applications. Obviously, they're both free. Um, but if you want... If you wanted to, you know, if you want to take it seriously, you've got to get yourself a proper code editor. And again, most of those are for free as well. Uh, the one that we both use is Visual Studio Code, uh, or VS Code, as everyone refers to it, which is obviously brilliant. Um, we did an episode a few months ago about some of the extensions that we like about VS Code, so it's worth listening to that one as well. Uh, because you can install loads of extensions to customize your code editor. Um, but for beginners, you don't really need to customize it. Just use it out of the box. It's just a place for you to write some code. Yeah, definitely. I think um, yeah, VS Code's the, the one out there that really does stand out for anyone who wants to get into coding. I mean, it's all good getting Notepad or TextEdit or any other plain text editor. That's fine. Um, that's the way I learned, to be honest, uh, to do handwritten code. Um, just seeing it all, you know, in black and white, um, getting used to seeing that writing the code, especially if you've not written code before. It might be good to just do it in a text editor first, a really basic text editor, and then move across to VS Code or one of these, um, you know, specified kind of um, text editors that we're using. Um, it just makes everything a lot neater, easier to understand. Um, and there's, there's a lot more surrounding these text editors these days, as, as we talked about in our previous episode. Yeah. So, yeah. You recommend um, anything else apart from VS Code that you've used? Uh, yeah. I've, I've used quite a few, um, but I just I just can't get away from VS Code. It's, it's probably the best one out there. Everything else that I've used is kind of just like, you know, disappeared. Yeah. Uh, no one really talks about that kind of stuff. I mean, Sublime, Sublime is pretty good. Um, that was the one, yeah. Sublime. It was pretty much the go-to editor before VS Code uh, came and took the top spot. Um, so Sublime is pretty good. There's another one called Atom. Um, yeah, that was a, that was another one. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, again, I think mm. it's uh, fallen way, you know, to the side a little bit now. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's one by GitHub called Brackets, which uh, I do use it. I use I use Brackets when I started looking for a, a, a good text editor. And before VS Code was out there, I was using Sublime and then I had to go at brackets and I just could not get my head around it. it it's got some weird kind of uh, workflow I didn't quite understand. So I, I just dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So stick with VS Code. It's free. Um, and it's pretty much the best one out there. So yeah, why definitely. go for anything else? Um, just thinking about other software that you're going to need. Um, at some point, you'll probably need a terminal window or a command prompt, yeah. which is already included um, on your computer. Yeah. 
like I said, yeah, you're going to need various um, browsers, which are free. You may need an FTP client, which would allow you to actually upload your your website to a hosting platform. Um, yeah. It's not, there's not a massive need for those these days, but if you do need one, then FileZilla is probably the best free version that you can get. Yeah. FileZilla is cross-platform. It's on the Macs, on the Windows. Um, yeah, it's available everywhere. It's probably available on Linux as well, I guess. Yeah, it allows, allows you to do FTP as well because you've got quite a lot of hosts now. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute, um, which only allow SFTP instead of your standard FTP connection. So FileZilla is probably the best one. Um, I, I wouldn't say they're essential um, for getting your websites live. I don't think it's essential. I mean, you can you always use Terminal to do things like that as well. Yeah, it um, just depends on where you are in your development and the style of website that you're building. Um, if you know, if you're hosting your website with with GitHub, and depending on where you're actually uh, where it's going to end up in the end, you may not need files in it at all. So, yeah, but it's there as an option, and again, yeah, it's free. Mm. Um, what about design tools just uh, on a side note because if you are getting into web development you may need to do a little bit yeah. of design work yeah um yeah they, they are handy aren't they um you're gonna have to picture what you're what you're building first so any kind of uh decent design tools out there um a lot of them are paid that's the thing so um, I don't know of any any really good free options that are that are available out there. Well, Figma um, is free, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You got Figma. So the the main ones that most people will will reach for are going to be Sketch and Photoshop. Um, Sketch is going to set you mm. back around about a hundred dollars for the year. Um, yeah. And Photoshop, uh, I wonder what there is. I think Adobe XD is free as well. Adobe XD is also free. Yeah, you just need a yeah. Adobe ID, which is again yeah. free. Um, yeah. Photoshop, if you do want to do your designs in Photoshop, is around about twenty dollars a month if you buy mm. just the single app. Uh, yeah. So again, it's it's that that is a cost. Twenty dollars a month is still two hundred forty a year. Um, so it may not be something you, that you want to do straight away. Uh, but like I mentioned, the free alternatives are Figma, and then you've got Adobe XD. They're both good for uh, for UI design. Um, if you need mm. to manipulate any sort of images or you know any raster graphics, then there there are a few other tools out there. But you probably don't need those straight away. Um, you've got uh, GIMP, which is a, a photo mm. editor, and um, I've got another one here. I think you could get away with some of those free um, SAS. Um wireframe um websites which uh, allow you to you know do really basic kind of layouts and designs for your pages yeah that's an option yeah so that, that could potentially work that's but yeah i mean you can't get really really you know intricate with the design or anything like that yeah that's not not a bad option or you do what uh, my friend jay does he designs in the browser well yeah that's that's the end goal really is uh <laughs> yeah for you to be able to get to a stage where you can just um just just lay out the site directly in, mm. in code um but yeah anyway like like i said it's not it's not essential to have a design tool if you're mm. learning web development it's just a nice to have so yeah yeah for these days it's probably just best to get a get an account on figma uh which will allow you to do the most basic basic things at least um yeah. and then later on if if you feel that you need to then you could uh, always 
uh, pay for a license on one of the other tools. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it for software, really. Um, mm. It doesn't take much at all. A text editor, a web browser, and maybe a terminal, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to... If you actually want to be a web developer, obviously you're going to need to learn some skills. Um, <laughs> so there's loads of free resources out there to actually learn how to code. Um, the biggest one is probably YouTube because uh, mm. every every topic under the sun is covered by by someone or the other. And um, yeah, you probably want to search for something like um, basics of HTML, uh, basics of CSS, basics of JavaScript. Um, how to build your first website, you know, search terms along those lines will probably get you in uh, a good place. Hmm. Hmm. And then moving on from there, then you can actually follow some some actual courses, like structured courses online as well. Um, so you've got any good free resources where you can learn? Yeah. Yeah, we got, um, I think, uh, Free Code Camp is, uh, is the one that I've been using quite a lot. Um, especially for JavaScript, uh, it was HTML and things like that. I kind of picked up years ago, um, but for it's a really good resource. It's a really good place to to sit down and actually carry out tasks and mini sort of like projects and tests. Um, so definitely look at Free Code Camp. Um, I think the other ones I've got there is um, I've got Hacker Noon, which is more of a like a um, I guess it's like a, an article base or blog base or website with loads of resources um, can really help you to get involved and uh, teach you quite a lot as well in terms of HTML, the basics, they cover all the basics as well. Um, and Code Academy is another one that I just came across recently. I think it's paid. I think they've got a free trial and then it's about £20 a month. Um, but again, it's all structured. It's like attending university or a college um, and your, all your course is broken down into you know smaller sort of chunks um it looks pretty good um might, might give it a might give it a go actually but um it's just one that stood out for the paid ones so yeah those are my three yeah there's also code school uh which mm. which has got a free tier as well and in the free tier they do cover a lot of the basics so it's definitely a good place to start um if you do want to pay um udemy has some really good courses and they're generally quite cheap and they've always got some sort of sale on, especially around like holiday seasons or summer and stuff like that. They'll have a they'll have a sale where they'll drop all their courses down to like $19 or something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's plenty of play, paid resources, but there's also loads of free ones. Um, even just following people on Twitter, um, Medium articles, the amount of people mm. who are willing to just share their knowledge these days is, is just crazy. So... There's, uh, yeah. there's definitely no shortage of places to find information. Um, listen to podcasts. Obviously, you're all, already doing that, but there's plenty of other good podcasts out there where you can learn about web development. Um, yeah. you know, They don't necessarily teach you how to code, but you'll learn mm. more about the industry and the business and techniques. Yeah, so you could listen to our inspiration episode, which was back in August, uh, episode 21. And there we uh, we talk about some of the the different blogs and different websites and um, podcasts and people that we follow and that have inspired our careers. So, yeah, you could definitely check out their work and hopefully they'll inspire you as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, once you've got all this free knowledge from the internet, 
you can start putting together your first website. Um, and then once you're built, what do you want to do? You want to share your website with the world, right? So mm. now it's time to uh, get that website hosted somewhere and um, out in the public. Now, I was doing a bit of research before we started <clears> recording, <throat> and um, I was just looking for some free places where you can get a domain name, so your own actually website URL. And there, I couldn't find any where you can get one that's completely free without some sort mm. of caveat. Normally, yeah. if you sign up for their hosting package, like for a year, then you can get a free domain. Uh, so there's quite a few services that let you do that. You can do that with Squarespace, where you can um, sign up for a year, you get a free domain. Uh, Wix.com do that. Um, most of the big hosting companies will give you a free domain for a year sign up. Normally for the first year anyway, and then after the first year, you'll have to renew it. Yeah, one thing that just came to mind actually is um, some of these um, hosting companies that you go to, or one that I use, um, it's called TSO Host, and they've got like a plan that's, I think it's about four pounds, five pounds a month. Um, really, really basic hosting sort of setup. And what you can do when you're in the control panel is you don't need a domain name to get your website up and running. So they kind of give you these um, placeholder domains, if you like. Yeah. And you can just run your site off that. And you can create many instances of that as well. So that could be a good place to actually start. It's only about four or five quid a month yeah. to get started. Um, so that could be something that people could use. Yeah. And even if you don't want to pay that, you can actually go to Netlify. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And they do the same thing, but it's also for free. So you can um, you can get your code onto Netlify. They'll host it for free. For It's good for sort of smaller basic sites. Um, but you can host like a, a personal blog on there for free as well if you want depending on how it's been built. And um, what they will do is they will build a site for you and they will put it onto a temporary domain, temporary um, URL, which will be something like a, you know, a random number .netlify.com or something like that. And that URL is public facing. So if, you, if you're happy with it, you could just stick with that. And you can use that for uh, as long as you need to until you're happy with your project. And then when you want to assign it to an actual domain name that you own, then you could just port it over and um, it's all pretty easy. But if you were to just sort of buy a domain, um, you could buy those from uh, places like in the UK, we have a site called 123reg, which is um, one of the biggest biggest ones where you can buy it from. Or this Heart Internet. Um, internationally, you've got things like GoDaddy and you've got Hover.com. Um, there's another one called like what get my name or something like that or yeah um, but yes if you just search for like the domain name registrar in your country um, there'll be yeah there'll, there'll be one that covers your yeah there's, your area there's literally hundreds of these things out there isn't there so yeah exactly and prices range from around you know 99p or you know 99 cents um, up to they could go into thousands depending on what you want. But for an average dot com, uh, for something that's that is available, you're probably looking at about twenty pounds a year. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's normally billed yearly. Um, so again, it's fairly low cost. Um, it's just not completely free. Yeah, I think that side of um, the, this whole learning and building websites and stuff is is all good. I think once you're kind of um, building websites for the world to see, then yeah, definitely you're going to need a hosting environment like that. 
Um, I just had a thought. Um, I use local by Flywheel to build local websites. So when you're just learning and just starting out, that could be a really cool way to actually get started. Um, there's loads of other tools out there like MAMP and LAMP and WAMP and, and all these other um, sort of um, setups that you can get uh, to help you host a, a website on your local machine. But local's um, really good, um, especially if you're using uh, WordPress. Um, it, it kind of uh, just builds everything for you at the click of a button and uh, you're ready to go. But I guess because this WordPress is a little bit more advanced, but probably something that people might want to look into because um, I think you can um, just host your, your regular sort of static websites with that as well, uh, with ease. So that might be another resource that you might want to look at. Yeah, no, that's a good point, actually. You mentioned about local hosting, um, local development environment. Uh, we probably could have covered some of that in software, but to, to start with, you shouldn't need it because you're going to be just writing HTML and CSS. It's going to be static files. But as you get more and more advanced, you're going to be wanting to write some sort of dynamic websites and you're going to need to be doing that locally on your own laptop uh, before you push it to the world, which is what we mean by local development. Um, but that's something that you can learn later. Again, it is totally free. You can use, like you said, a service like MAMP, which is um, a PHP uh, Apache-based uh, local server, um, and there's a free version. Um, or you can just use a terminal and use something like Node, Node.js for a local server. Again, completely free. Um, but we won't get into that now. It's just something worth considering later on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now you've got your site built you've got your site hosted um either either on a, a a free domain or on your own personal domain um next thing you need to let people know about it so you need to do some basic marketing at least um mm. and what's the best way of getting the word out there these days uh, social media social, isn't it? That's it. so yeah just um everything you don't need to, it doesn't need to cost anything it's uh all you need is a social media account and uh, you can join communities of like-minded people, depending on what your project is that you want to promote. Mm. Or you can just push it to your own personal network. Um, but you might want to, at some point, do some email marketing where, yeah. you know, you might have a form on your website where you're capturing email addresses, send out a newsletter. And um, even with email marketing, you can get started for free. As, again, um, I think if you go to MailChimp, they've got a free tier. Um, yep. MailChimp is probably the easiest one to get started with. They've got a really nice uh, interface, and um, it's it's quite not to be crass, but it's quite idiot proof. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can with MailChimp, you can send out to two thousand people for free. Mm. So that's more than enough to get your business started if you're trying to turn this into a business. Yeah. So yeah. So your marketing is free as well. So yeah, basically, it doesn't really take much to get into web development. All it takes it really is um, once you've got your computer and um, a couple of base cheapish resources, um, the biggest cost is going to be time, really. And as mm. long as you've got plenty of that, you should be fine. Yeah, definitely. I think the key thing here is going to be the, the learning aspect of it. Um, you know, people want to get their head down and really um, focus on writing code especially if you've never done it before um you know the, the the resources that are out there are just ridiculous and back in the day when we were doing this kind of stuff we never had this um this luxury you know of uh yeah, yeah. picking up all this knowledge that's out readily available out there yeah 
So it's just YouTube, you know. I wish YouTube was around mm. when when I first started studying. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much do all of my learning on YouTube now. Mm. <laughs> everything, mm. everything comes from there. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, just another thing. I came across this um, this website today. Came up on my RSS feed. It's uh, it was a link shared by Hongkiat uh, Hongkiat dot com, which is a like a design technology blog. Um, I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's spelled H O N G, and then K I A T dot com. Anyway, they every week they um, they push out an article like um, fresh resources for web designers and developers. Uh, I think it's monthly actually. And uh, one of the links they shared was a website called Free for Dev. So it's uh, the the URL is free hyphen four dot dev. Bit of a bit of a weird one, um, but someone's just basically put together this repository uh, of links on um, different like development development related services and providers and stuff like that, which are free. So it came at a good time really because that literally came on my RSS feed this morning. And um, on there, it's got stuff like um, CDNs and um, like uh, design and UI resources, DNS stuff, emails, um, code editors, and then like tools for team collaboration. It's got all sorts of stuff, web hosting. So uh, yeah, it's worth looking through that list as well. You'll probably find some other free resources. It's a it's quite a long list, and it's definitely not like a beginner's list. It's more useful for someone who's who's been in the industry for a little while and you know, is look is looking to uh, do maybe a bit more complex development. Um, but yeah, still worth checking out. Sounds good. I'll have a look at that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, quite a short episode. You know, it's quite easy to get into web development for free. Um, it there's nothing really stopping you uh, from giving it a go. It's like, why not? Yeah, yeah. And just uh, just just a heads up, try and bypass all the hello world stuff as well, especially if you're doing um, you're learning online with uh, CodeCamp or you know these um, or similar kind of uh, online learning websites, and really you know, just get yourself involved in writing some really functional code. Um, obviously, they always start with a hello world. <laughs> it's it's just a cliche, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, if you're completely new to the language, then yeah, it's it's, it's good to just know those those basics on how to get some text onto the screen or how to you know add some numbers mm-hmm. together and so on. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, yeah, it's worth having a real world project in mind if you ha- if you've got one, um, and it doesn't have to be too complicated. You could just you know just think of a, a site that you already use and um, just try and maybe recreate a part of it you don't even have to redo the whole thing mm. so um that's a good idea actually yeah just a little part of it a blog is always a good way to start for learning development because mm. um what you're doing you're you're creating a list of items uh and then you're going into an item and then you're displaying various details about that blog post you know an image a title a date so you're working with different data types you're working with different pages and page templates and things like that so yeah and uh it's very text-based as well so it doesn't really require any design skills it's more about structure mm. so yeah, yeah blog is quite a good place to start right yeah okay um that was nice and easy maybe we'll do something similar for how to get into design as well because a lot of it is the same um but 
there are a few obviously tool changes and learning resources that are going to be different um and there are there's generally a little bit more cost involved when you're getting into design uh but yeah we can have a think about that one and maybe do that one come in the next couple of weeks yeah that'd be good all right good stuff um before we go got any recommendations for this week um i do one second um so I picked up a book that I was reading on holiday and it's it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a and it's a counterintuitive approach to living a good life uh, by Mark Manson. I've seen people um, sharing like photos of the cover on Instagram yeah, and Twitter and things like that. So I thought, hmm, let me just pick it up and see what it's about. And I started reading on the plane and <laughs> before I knew it, I was 50 pages in. Yeah. So it is pretty good. Um, definitely worth picking up. Yeah, do you know what? I was actually quite close to buying it myself. I was in. Uh, I went to Austria last week, and again, I was at the airport, and I saw it there. And um, I remember my brother's got the book, and he had tweeted. I think he had put a picture of it on Instagram or something. Yeah, and I was close to getting it, but I had a short flight, so I thought it's alright. I'm not going to read it on the plane now. But you won't get off the plane, trust me. <laughs> you'll just be stuck. You'll be you'll be in the book. It's it's really good. Okay. Uh, sorry, what's it called again? And who's it by? The subtle art of not giving a f- uh, by Mark Manson. Mark Manson. Okay. Uh, yeah. That'll be in the show notes. Um, this week, I've I'm probably just going to recommend a game. Actually, I've been playing uh, the new Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening on. Well, it's not new; it's an old game, but the remake of it on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I just completed that today, actually. Um, nice. Completed the final final level, but I've been playing it for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I've never played the original before, the the Game Boy version. So it was a completely new game to me. But because I played uh, a Link to the Past on the on the Super Nintendo before, this is um, this game is very very similar. So although it wasn't very difficult, it was good. It's a good fun game, especially after playing Breath of the Wild. Uh, on the switch which was like ridiculously hard um in comparison this was like a nice easy uh low impact game don't have to worry about it too much you know you can spend 20 minutes on it put it away uh, which is sort of game i like really i don't like to um take things too seriously with gaming yeah uh but yeah it's good fun um it looks the graphics are really nice it's very sort of cute and cartoony aesthetic they're going for in this game um but yeah, it's really it's just a generally a good fun game. It's not difficult. And um if you've ever played the Game Boy version, then um you'll probably love this mm. one because nice. Yeah, it's good, good fun. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully this episode's shown you that you know the barrier to get into web development is pretty low. So uh there's nothing stopping you from doing it if that's something you're thinking about. So yeah, come and join myself and Kay and become web developers and uh yeah, we'll um we'll go on this journey together. Um, but until then, yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode and we are signing off. So bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player and feel free to drop a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at InspectFM and find the show notes for today's episode and a full archive of all shows over at inspect.fm. Hongcat. Honk kiat. Honk kiat. Yeah, I used to use that back in the day. <laughs> How the hell do you say that? Hong kiat. I don't know. Hong Hong kiat.
Okay.